so we're looking at Second Kings chapters 1 to 7 and um, those still on track, well done. Yeah, we're now on Second Kings. Can you actually believe it that not too long ago that we started Genesis and it's a six months challenge so we will be finished very shortly so stick to it and uh, don't get overwhelmed and if you feel like you can't make it do what you can you could probably go on to finishing a year's study or a year's reading uh, we hope that after june we will try a different method of studying uh, or going through the scriptures again so it would be beneficial that you would try to finish it when we do okay so we are looking at second kings now this is a transitional section of the narrative of elijah um, he's denounced Ahaziah and later gets carried up to heaven. Elisha uh, takes up the prophetic mantle in the spirit of Elijah. Now, I want those who believe in some double portion or that double anointing, all that, it is not theologically correct nor biblically sound. Let me explain. In the Old Testament, they functioned by the power of the Spirit. It came upon them and they functioned in fulfilling a certain uh, task, objective. And then it left. You can find this in, in Saul's, uh, in David. You can find it in uh, the prophets. You can find it in Samson and some of the uh, judges. What's the difference? The difference is, in those days... The Holy Spirit didn't reside within the heart of the person. Christ was not in them. A New Testament believer has the Anointed One residing in them. Now, if the Anointed One resides in you and you are asking for a double portion of anointing or the Anointed One, you're asking for two Christs. Does that make logical sense? It doesn't. So, well, maybe you want to be blessed. Well, then, does not Ephesians say that you've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places? Unless your blessing is that which is a physical, then you want to be like Samuel, uh, pardon, a Solomon. So you want to gain all the economic wealth and forsake that which the Beatitudes talk about, those I am poor in spirit will inherit heaven. So you've got to now realize where you stand uh, as to what's your understanding of christ because you are now asking for a double christ that means you don't know the hope of glory residing in you now as we look through this i mean it's all in it's all a type and a figure of what christ is going to come and fulfill so when you're looking at elijah here you're seeing john the baptist when you sing the Jordan is separated uh, using, using Egypt, the Red Sea, using Christ uh, in the water bringing salvation. When you see fire, uh, the everywhere Elijah is, you know, or Elisha, you see fire. You sing that which is coming with fire to, uh, to bring about a baptism. And so there's that sort of, I would call it a uh, figure. Now, to the contemporary mind, the 
objects of miracles and some people will say well you know those things happen in those days and it doesn't happen now remember we have gifts within the spiritual gifts of first corinthians those gifts are evident for the church today so very much what elijah and elisha had done can still function today if you don't believe that then you believe that there is that man had fulfilled us if it's the same god would it not be the same not respect of persons and fulfilling that which is i would say bread for the children some would say bread crumbs for the children this comes from when the lady uh, came to jesus asking to heal her daughter so you got that right and now we're looking at how elijah is taken up uh, how elisha now comes and what you will notice is that everything that elisha does he does double and everything that they both do jesus christ does and even more uh, so we are looking at uh, let's look at okay let's look at naman and uh, healed of leprosy and how uh, elisha's servant or helper goes after him trying to get the money from him you know i was asked this week that uh, if i didn't help this guy's orphanage he will come out of uh, theology group i thought to myself you know what if you only could see your heart you would realize how strayed you are from the gospel if we forsake that which is of hands like what elijah is doing here and elisha is doing and we focus solely on that and we lose perspective of listening to god we will be no different than gazi we are no different than ahab no different to all these guys that have not heard the voice of the lord and we will be uh, already into serving mammon rather than god so you have um, you have this uh, they there's an instance where the axe falls into the water he takes a branch throws it in this is elisha and uh, it rises to the top you know things like that are significant because they are so insignificant to our lives but yet it shows you that god defies all sense of i would say uh, the principles he functions totally outside of it but he respects it so the question you know theologically many people would do at bible school is can he make a, a round hole square and those are the things that goes against the principles of which he had created but to bring about a supernatural occurrence is to alter that which is of the natural supernatural okay so we've have that and um you see the siege at uh, ben hadad and you see how um how the ladies uh basically uh, eat each other's children i mean how how disgusting that is but yet you find it in the scriptures that that have taken place boiling each other's children to what extent and heartless must one be to now become so self-centered and selfish and then elijah promises elisha promises uh, food and you see that uh, the same sort of miracle but the difference here is that the oil did run out when the vessels ran out and um, you get that so this is full of miracles just one after another 
of how God's goodness is upon the people, even despite uh, their disobedience and their uh, not following the commandments. Now, Elisha is the new Joshua. Uh, he's on a crusade and he's shown to be the true successor who brings both blessings. Now, for those who cry out to God and curses and mocking his enemies, Elisha doesn't waste time. I mean, he, he gives it. Uh, Elijah is gone. Elijah is gone now. And, but everything is okay because uh, Yahweh is present and Elisha is carrying on with the power, wisdom and judgment and the grace of God. So judgment is both, uh, is, you know, of both chapters is clear. Uh, we find that uh, those who seek the Lord he will come close to them and he, you see that uh, even though they've gone their own ways and the prophets are not are false god is intervening and trying to pour out to these unrepentant sinners a way of escape and you know the beauty of this is that god gives them a inheritance and he says to them dwell in this land follow my commandments but they're so eager and keen on what others are doing that he has to, then he says, fine, then go out of the land and go and live under their leadership and then see how wonderful it is under them. And you see Baal uh, worship is, seems to be an attraction for them or the, the lifestyle of the Philistines. And this is totally contrary to the scriptures. So the prophets, they denounce all this and the people don't want to hear it. So greater than Elijah, Moses, yeah, we have Jesus, God, man, Jesus. He doesn't call us back to a covenantal faithfulness. He basically becomes the covenant so that we be the faithfulness of God because of his penal substitutionary uh, uh, covering upon our lives. He is the one who is tortured and he is the one who resurrected from the dead so that we would have life. And this is important an important question today because at the final who do we trust you trust Beelzebub you know Beelzebub look at the word itself Baal-zebub and that in itself shows you that uh, the, that that holds Satan in its and his his whole plan is to get the people of Israel away from God so even you see how Judah marries into Isra the Israel uh, tribe, trying to pollute the seed of uh, David. And all that is in the play, and God is just watching and is uh, orchestrating and is bringing in his purposes. So you've got that. Now, some of the questions you're going to ask, is, you know, one needs to ask is. Uh, is uh, why is idolatry so offensive to God? Can't we just have like the Hindus have an additional God? And Bible says that God is a jealous God. We shall have no other God beside him, make no graven images neither. And to have anything would be an insult and a and treason. So if the kings of this world wouldn't allow you to show allegiance to others and 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 have treason or speak bad of your own country, how much more the king of kings? So Elisha, the prophet, proves to be a mighty in word and in deed. He speaks in the time of war. He performs miracles in, uh, in times of desperation. And uh, you see that he's a, he's a, he is a no messing around a character. I mean, you would see a sensitivity in Elijah. But in Elisha, 
I mean, they just called, they just picked on his bald head and he called, he called them lions to come out to kill them. Um, his uh, servant takes a bribe, or not a bribe, but I would say he takes the, uh, the money from uh, Naaman and he gets covered up in leprosy. Now, Elisha speaks the word, so King Joram of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah and the king of Edom will go up against King Mesha of, of Moab. And uh, this is now basically a contest of the battle. And you see how they find victory and how, uh, how God listens to Elisha. The question is, is he listening to Elijah or God is, or Elisha is listening to God? That's why he's able to pray godly prayers. And that should be a question. Why doesn't God speak to some of us? Because maybe you're praying your own prayers. And here, <clears throat> you see Elisha, he's, uh, he prays the will of God. Therefore, it comes to pass. He says, let them not see or open their eyes. And he's orchestrating all this. And he's working with God. And that's what ministry should be like, is where we work with him. And um, so what else is there? Let's have a look. So Elisha shows compassion. You can, uh, you can see Elisha uh, isn't just speaking truth of, as a prophet, but he's a compassionate servant. Uh, let's, you see the lady with the, de- the desperate widow. You can see the how he comes to her aid and you see when they also um, um, the way granted a child and uh, they gave him a room and the child sort of dies he lays himself over and the barren woman now uh, is, who's no longer barren uh, gets um, uh, gets to see that he is a genuine prophet so the fruits of one's ministry is also shown by compassion. Now, uh, we also see that he doesn't take advantage of people. You know some pastors, yeah? They wouldn't think twice of asking for the title deed of the house of that lady, the barren woman who's given them a room. They'll try to take over the property. Not just that, they'll probably ask for a, a monthly stipend while staying there. I mean, it's just absurd how we've begun to sell the gospel. If looking at these models of scripture, one would say, well, you had this great uh, leader coming over to you now, Naaman, and you had your once in the opportunity, you could have got your church built with the money and all that. This is not the God of that Bible, of that Bible that we're reading here. He is the one who looks after Elijah and Elisha and the prophets. They don't need to go around fundraising. Yeah, it's totally dependency, and that's the reason why those who seek after finances and seek after position and are, and are running are here and there for these sort of things, one needs to question their motives, and we have to as a church because they're leading many people astray. So as we look through this year, you can see that there's compassion in, in this leader. He pro, uh, there's food for the hungry. He displays God's compassion next to the sons of the prophets. During the famine, Elisha instructs his servants to prepare a large pot of stew. And here you see the story of Elisha, the narrative where God's provided for the prophets during the famine. Remember, famine is a good sign of when the people have gone away from God. And Elijah purifies the water. 
you remember uh, this is in uh, chapter 2 verse 19 to 22 now the problem emerges when uh, one of the men goes looking for some herbs and decides to add wild gouts to the stew not knowing uh, what they were this resulted in disasters uh, the men take a bite and uh, basically death in a pot of man of God in verse 40 we see that it's hard to know what's wild gouts uh, and what would have killed them and what it tasted like okay so we've got that um, let's have a look but with you know with Elisha and Elijah Jesus uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000 he feeds the 4,000 and they have food left over you see that Jesus heals the, uh, the sick and he, and he raises the dead so you have John the the gospel uh, from the Gospels show that uh, Jesus is more than just a prophet that has come into this world he is one greater than Elisha and Elijah that is here so the problem in Jesus day was just like the problem of Elisha's day some looked at Jesus for miracles only and not for some spiritual transformation. Notice how they go to go and find out their, their, what's going to happen. And yet they ignore the, uh, the God that's living and alive. And God opens, may God open their eyes and embrace the one powerful. Uh, just not just in word, but in speech. And that's what many people are missing. And that's the reason why they try all the other alternatives. I cleansed the leper, you remember, and then he, uh, the, the floating axe. Uh, I've heard sermons about the floating axe and finding it to be an analogy of something. It's just a floating axe, man. And it's a miracle to show that God looks after even the minute details of our life when it's when we are, we'll get into trouble for it. Remember, they were building a house or they're building a log uh, uh, away from Elisha because it's getting too cramped. God looks after the very minute details of us as well. So the account of Elisha's miracles not only points ahead to Jesus, but it also points us back to Elijah. So here's an account of how uh, you see God working in these prophets to impact outside the nation of Israel. People are hearing about them everywhere around them, but the people in Israel are not listening. And we find a great man and a great need and a great evangelist and a great word and a great transformation. All that God is working to be for a service. They're not fleecing it out or selling it. So God supplies all their needs here. And so let's go further. We're looking at uh, the, um, the hearts, the people's. So as Elisha's narrative continues, the writer describes four types of responses to God's word. So the first one is the rebellion of a stubborn heart, the impatience of a superficial heart, cynicism of a skeptical heart, and then you get the uh, obedience of a soft heart. There is the brokenhearted and the decline of Judah, but they all come back to full cycle again. And that's the thing. So they repent, they come back, they go back, they get uh, God displays his grace as he did to the Syrians. And in several ways, yet the Armenian king uh, did not respond with faith in Yahweh. So we see that. And um, that's the frustrating thing, is that why are we so stubborn? 
why are we so impatient and so superficial? Why is our heart so skepticism in it? And, you know, God needs to deal with us. And that's why the Holy Spirit's there. When they didn't have Him, He comforts us and He teaches us and He brings us into all truth. So you, so this is a, a good, I would say, theme to look at into seeing Elijah, Elisha and Jesus. Seeing the land in Egypt, the land in the promise, and then they go back into captivity of some sort. Don't forget that the very people that was slaves or were slaves in Egypt have now become slave drivers themselves. So they're so, it's like we don't learn from history. And uh, how much can one learn actually from a theoretical point of view if the heart is hardened? And that's where we have the Holy Spirit who teaches us, leads us into all truth. And we may think, including myself, may think that we have all truth, but we only see what God shows us. And may He open our eyes. May He lead us into all truth guide us and give us faith like Elijah and Elisha. Give us uh, eyes to see that the, the chariots that are for us and uh, get us to see that he that is for us is greater. And so may he open our eyes to that. Okay, God bless you.